1: Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. What a week for differentials. Can game week 37 be as exciting? My name is Joe. My name is Seb. Welcome Seb, um, so we're guest list tonight, it's absolutely nothing to do with Andy forgetting to book anyone, <laughs> <It's> completely <laughs> not that, it's because we just thought a quick turnaround, we'll get get two people in, we can have a good old chat and natter about Game Week 37. So Seb, what's coming up in the show?
0: Well, Game Week 37 and 38, as you kind of alluded to, maybe a little bit there are special, not only are they the end of the season, but we've got fans back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, my friend, are going to look at home fans, away fans, does it make a difference? Maybe, maybe not. Do we even have the data to tell, I think is the real thing. Um, We're also, of course, going to look at captaincy options. I don't believe there was a captaincy video this week, so I'm going to do my Mm -hmm. best David impression and Mm -hmm. throw some stuff at you. And we're also going to look at some of those quality mid-price midfielders. I'd say some of those are probably some of the best picks we've seen this season. Lingard, only recently, for example. Gundogan, a little while ago, and we've just had Diego Jota injured. So can we find some good replacements for him? And of course, we'll do all the usual, looking at captains, transfers, rough with the smooth, and of course, our scores from this week.
1: OK, well, let's let's crack on with that then. So, well, uh, put it mildly, it's been quite a good week for you. Game game week 36, <laughs> you just eased out of 70 points, which is um, pretty much double the average. Um, so you must have had a pretty big uh, green arrow. Um, do you want to run through yeah. your team and, you know, how did you fare?
0: Yeah, no problem. So Hugo Lloris in goal with eight points. Uh, Trent at the back with six. Ailing with six. Dean with two. Salah captain with 20 points. Son with three. Rafinha with six. Gundogan with five. Watkins with five. Bamford with one. And Kane, vice captain, with eight. I did also have Jota who Mm -hmm. got subbed out and Watkins came in. To be fair, before anything else, I will say I think there's a bit of luck in that. Mm -hmm. So I had KDB this time last week. We talked about, I remember talking about Robertson, talking about a few other things. KDB got injured. I did KDB to Salah. Pretty straightforward. Captain Salah. I would have captained Kane. That turned out very, very well. If I hadn't done that, I possibly would have tried to get Mares in, maybe an Antonio. Maybe I would have done Bamford to Antonio, so not much difference there. But I would have ended up with fewer points than I have done. So I think I got a little lucky in having that injury and having a very easy way to solve that injury. But
1: we did did say last week, this was was a week where you were going to do well. um, Yeah, I mean there were loads of people like me who who were down players. They needed to take hits just to get to 10-11 and you weren't in that position. So you had the luxury there. So um, you played Jotter, who was injured. So who came in for Jotter?
0: Watkins came off the bench.
1: Five five, five points. points. That's the value
0: of having a bench.
1: Um, But those like me had had no such luxury. Um, Veltman sadly couldn't (laughs) ease his sorry backside off the bench to replace Jotter. I mean,
0: I mean, it's been it's been a good couple of weeks. I think I got is it 142 or something in the free hit, and then straight into this for 70, as probably half my rank, maybe a bit more. Okay. I mean, you know, there's only two weeks left, so it's not going to be too impressive. But if I can sneak into the top 100k, that would be very lovely.
1: Okay, yeah, very good, very good week and well set up for the coming week as well. Um, Here's me, not quite successful, but I knew it wouldn't be. So it's not it's one of these things where it's not like, oh, what went wrong? I know exactly what went went wrong. I was players down, so I needed to take hits. Um, I ended up wanting to get 11 out. I couldn't because of Jota. So if Jota had been fit, I would have got 11 out. So I I went for uh, I got Pickford in. Um, I got Pickford in for Mendy i got Stuart Dallison, six points. Uh, So very pleased about that. I got him him in for the injured Maguire. Uh, Phillips, uh, Joel Ward, basically the only Palace player who didn't score anything. Um, Salah, ten points. Captain, very nice. Lingard, obviously nothing. Jota didn't play and couldn't be replaced. Um, Son, blank, but three points. Uh, Chris Wood, uh, a blank. Kane, coming nicely. And Antonio, a blank. So lots of blanks there. Um... The good news is that if I hadn't have taken any hits, I would have got exactly the same. Um, I, I earned eight points um, from those. And so that cost me. But I've actually got, so I've got rid of Iheanacho I didn't want. I've got rid of Maguire, who's obviously not going to play again this season by the looks of it. And Mendy, too expensive for a goalkeeper. Didn't need him anymore for the double game week. So I've got three players I prefer in and I'm, I'm well set up. For the for the the coming week so I'm in a position where uh finally a bit a bit of a better game week hopefully well at least hopefully I can get 11 out um so I'm I'm not too bad with that I'm, I'm still in the top 100k and the red arrow whilst it was quite low it would have been it's 47 points but it was uh 39 taking in count those hits um my gaming rank was 2000, two million 2.3 million which, and I've had worse, <laughs> so it's nowhere near, a, nowhere near a worse one for me. So I feel quite lucky with that. But as we'll see with some rough with the smooths, what a week for differentials. Um, just before we do that, I just wanted to mention about two or three weeks ago, we had a um, unfashionable players list. We sort of revisited it, and put it up. Um, so this on our list, Chris Wood been quite handy recently. Ferran Torres. Well, you know, predicted his all. There it is. Mateus Pereira has been been um, chipping away Danny Welbeck was on our list of unfashionable players and he's been really good recently um, Martinelli at Arsenal I'm still convinced he's got a haul in him in the next couple of weeks
0: Martinelli's numbers are ridiculous yeah. and yet I don't see him getting points I was looking at it earlier for something we'll talk about in a bit and I don't I want to pick him but I can't it's minutes it's minutes if you yeah. can get
1: the minutes he can do well um, also on our list Joe Ellington <laughs> Um, which even I laughed at then, just even saying it. But when we put the list up, people go, I'm not getting Joe Ellington in. You're just making up these players. But there we go. He's been really good. And he's on penalties now. Um, bit of a surprise with Callum Wilson out. Apparently, he can only take one if he scores one. It's a South American thing. First I've ever heard of that, according to Steve Bruce. Um, I've never heard that before. But apparently I think it's a Joe Ellington thing. <laughs> so basically, he's on penalties for Newcastle. He takes it, he scores if there's another penalty awarded, as we saw in the last match, he gives it someone else. And it was Joe Willick in this that's, case.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, I wonder if like, I mean, obviously, if it's a superstitious thing, it won't be this. But if it's a, I think, was it Gary Lineker used to tell a story about he, he had a couple of penalties in his locker. You know, he would put it one side, he would put it the other side. And those are the penalties he took in matches. Yeah. There was a match where he took two penalties and it then went to a penalty shootout. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, goodness, I've not practiced a third. I don't know what to do. I just wonder if I, don't, I haven't looked at where Jordan can maybe them maybe there are a couple of places but maybe he just thinks I've got one routine and once that's spent that's spent maybe it's the equivalent the South
1: American equivalent of wearing your lucky pants I don't know it's, maybe it's something like that it's just a superstitious thing footballers are quite superstitious so it's maybe something maybe in that so um, rough with the smooth I'm looking forward to this one usually we just put one or two in uh, but I'm just going to go for loads because this was what a smooth week <laughs> it was for people um, so just to, to you know preempt it, Sheffield United teenager Jeberson scoring his debut goal four months after being a substitute on loan at non-league Chorley. Okay, That happened. Scott Carson saving a penalty in his first top flight appearance for a decade for the league champions. Mitchell belittling his 3.8 million price tag with an absolutely huge haul and a round of applause from his teammates deservedly I understand afterwards and best of all Alisson scored the goalkeeper for Liverpool scored the winner in the final minute Um, and then uh, paid tribute to uh, his late father with that wow Um, so well done to Indy Bard who took a minus four to get Dallas and Mitchell in to field 11 he's 15 points up on that deal um, De Roist had Diaz, Foden and Maras get the violins out. Um, oh no, he's thinking on Friday night, what am I going to do? Luckily, he had Mitchell, Alioski, and Vigil on his bench. 25 points came off his bench and to replace that. That is rough with the smooth in action. Um, uh, mentioned to Late Riser, David, FPL Rover, Shirash, Shivan Praz and many more. They had an eagle eye on news as it emerged that Scott Carson... Uh, was due to start for Man City. Massive surprise there. Um, straight into their free-hit teams, and well done. They got seven points. And they always remember that. Um, that's something, you know, what a move to make there. Um, FPL Alex went one step further. He not only got Carson in, he captained him. So he got 14 points to return. I, I would prefer to get 14 points from captaining Scott Carson after 11 years of not playing... <laughs> In the top flight, they getting 20 points from Salah, who scores every week. I mean, you he can, can tell his grandkids that. I can't tell my grandkids I've got a Salah goal. They're just going, you're <laughs> um, you going to
0: tell your grandkids about FBL, Joe? Really?
1: I, will, I will tell them that.
0: If, if I, <laughs> I got tell them in, about
1: Carson. Scott Carson, I would have told them about that. And there's more I would tell them about. <laughs> there's more. Real dude, got 58 points from Allison's 10-pointer. There um, risk reward FPL also had Allison for getting that. You're, now what was the last one? Tim Howard and Augusta Wind. Um, I, I, I can't remember oh, yeah. the last. I mean, top fly.
0: Robinson got one in a similar way, didn't yeah. he? The uh, the kick, and uh, then headers. What? Oh, Cass- uh, not Cass- Sorry, Peter Schmeichel uh, scored a volley, but a long time ago, obviously, because it was Schmeichel. It was uh, a, it was Brad a, Feef, Brad Friedel. I'm just remembering what they showed a, on there. Was a, uh, there
1: was a Carlisle United header at the last minute. I think Schmeichel might have done it somewhere um there was
0: one there was one in scotland recently i know people pointed uh, that up. But, um but yeah, yeah i mean these are these are wonderful remember of the things he's always gonna yeah. remember
1: that i mean i still remember getting points from Nicky shorey when he played for reading so um if i remember yes. that he certainly remember allison's getting a getting winning scoring the Nicky winner.
0: shorey was good he was on set pieces wasn't he he I was he? he
1: was a legend yeah. <laughs> he was he was the lunchroom of his time <laughs> um, Cameron uh, forgot this is his mate uh, alerts me to this but a guy called Cameron uh, forgot to continue setting up his team sort of half did it somehow in his tinkering Harrison <laughs> was his captain um, so he also had Mitchell <laughs> get this we so got 88 points so by sheer accident he got 88 points and rose 190,000 places uh, to inside the top 300,000 so well done there and uh, Marceau I
0: play for admitting that he forgot and not just going no I did this because I saw it it
1: was his friend admitting (laughs) it so I Uh, don't know see Cameron might have actually been played an absolute blinder there in which case (laughs) I've done him a disservice well done Uh, Marceau uh, she transferred in Alisson for Schmeichel as part of a hit um, that also saw Rafina come in so she not having Alisson she actually got him in for his penalty for the first goalkeeper penalty for Ages for years, amazing. Um, so she's so, so, always so,
0: so, saw it coming. He had some goal for it, oh, Over, overdue. He's not scored in a while,
1: um, but yeah. So her husband alerted me to this, and he said that she was really upset because when Alison um, conceded, and then, wow, rough with the smooth in action. Um, so let's have a look at uh, the first topic, which is home ad advantage. Uh, so let's have a look here, okay? So I got nice pictures, some fans here. Uh, they are allowed back into matches uh, following a series of trials. Um, and so most notably, sort of in cup competitions, they've been looking at that. So it's not just home fans. Uh, uh, the stadiums won't be full due to social distancing, but it could massively impact on games. Managers will surely play their best 11, I would have thought, in front of their fans. First time for, for many many months. Um, also for teams with a good track record of home advantage, this could pay off. So we've got some community questions on this. Uh, Pog Bruno, who are the best home teams to target with fans now allowed back? And um, Sterling Archer asks, will home fans be a factor? So we can see here who's playing at home. Uh, Manchester United, they got Fulham. Um, so we'll, we'll, we've got some Fulham stats in a bit, so we'll come to that. Southampton, they are at home to Leeds. Brighton are at home to Man City. Uh, Chelsea are at home to Leicester. Everton at home to Wolves, Newcastle, at home to Sheffield United, Spurs, at home to Villa, Crystal Palace, at home to Arsenal, and Burnley, at home to Liverpool, and West Brom, finally, are at home to West Ham. So what I've done, is I've I've just done a, some of a sort of, a snapshot, of some of the, some of the comparison tools, you can use, in the uh, members area. So what I couldn't do really, was comparing, Fan home matches in 2019-2020 season with the fanless home matches of this season, because last season there was all sorts of home matches and then um, home matches with fans and then without fans. So it wouldn't be fair. So what I want to do is compare the last season we had. And although I'm comparing the 2018 19 season with now, and people say obviously these teams are different, different managers, different personnel, what they do is you've got a 38 game chunk. So you've got half of those games at home. So you've got a much bigger chunk of games to, to gauge how well fans are. So this is some examples that we've got here. Um, so, first one, I, I picked Manchester United because Fernandez is obviously a good captaincy and Greenwood could be in the captaincy conversation. Um, against uh, Fulham so what I compare with 2018 and 2020 uh, all their all their home matches here um, and filtered by average and it's broadly similar so with or without fans their underlying stats are really good Um, it may not appear that Manchester United have been that good this season because they maybe haven't been winning but looking at where the shots are I think there's been more shots outside the box um in in 2018 and in 2020 they're getting a bit closer to goal so i don't know whether it's obviously different personnel but i don't know whether having no fans in the audience in the in the crowd means that they're like a bit more willing to take that extra couple of yards run to get a bit closer to goal and of course try and be a bit more accurate there it's yeah it's I mean, um,
0: it, it's super like it's super subjective but you always feel like the crowd shouting shoot yeah, or whatever. Yeah. That's got to make some sort of I difference. Like true. you say, yeah. different players, maybe you know, Pogba yeah. in a different position, taking shots. Yeah. But you've got to think that whatever it is, your adrenaline's a bit higher. You are more likely to rush into what the ultimate goal is of football of That's trying it. to score a goal than if all you can hear is your manager and your players shouting about the thing you practiced last week in yeah. training. Maybe you do work the system. So I, I think.
1: I think I think that Manchester United are good at home with or without fans in terms of in terms of their potential for FPL points. But I do think, as you said, I think there is something in that you have got, got all the fans shouting shoot shoot, so they do. Meanwhile, without the fans there, they think oh, hang on a minute, <laughs> you know I'm not going to do what these these ten thousand prawn sandwich eating people are, are saying are banging at me. I'm going to going to keep running, do the extra yards. So the likes of Mason Greenwood thinks, no, oh, I think I can get a bit closer here. Um, maybe, maybe there's something here But here's a big difference So I did Everton So Everton at home have been awful this season So I had a look at 2018, all home games Compared to this season Massive difference, absolutely huge um, So the, what we've got on the screen there In terms of the stats summary um, They've won 74% overall in 2018 And that drops to 26% overall uh, The difference there The stats were so much better in 2018 at home compared to 2020 i know there are different a different manager different personnel all those kinds of things but it does show and i think we've spoken before to um uh, connor FPL prince about this there's something about home games and you can see it when you just see it. i mean if you go to goodison but also just watching a match of the day or whatever the the raw when they play the Z cars music the raw at goodison is absolutely huge it's it takes your breath away and um, that must have an impact on them in a favourable way, I think. Um, so I think that's interesting because Everton got beaten by Sheffield United at home. So the narrative is Everton are absolutely awful at home um, and that has played out this season. But they're going to have fans back here. And as you can see in 2018, the fans really help. So I wonder, I wonder if Calvert-Lewin could do all right. Dean. Everton,
0: Everton's a really interesting one. We mm. spoke about it last week with Ben and saying how, you know, if you're playing, say, Man City, for example, and you're expected to, to defend, mm. maybe it can give you that little extra, little extra burst you need. Likewise, if you're expected to attack, maybe they do want you to push forward. I think with this whole conversation, obviously, we know it's 2018. Mm. This is quite speculative, but it's the best we've got. So, you know, we're trying to put something together. Maybe comparing how people finished that season. So Everton in 2018-19 finished in eighth Mm. uh, with 54 goals scored, 46 against. This season, against Wolves, so you would expect them to attack. But maybe we've seen them be slightly poorer, I think off the top of my head, when they've been expected to really impose themselves on a Mm. game. I mean, Sheffield United, for example, although I know their home form's been poor, especially defensively, I think two clean sheets or something. But it might be a case of, when the fans come back, it's really going to depend how the team have done this season and what their expectations are. So to use my own club, for example, Leeds, it can be an intimidating place, both for opposition and our own players. Mm. When we're doing badly, a lot of players have said, we do worse, Like we prefer Ooh. going away because we mm. don't have the fans shouting at us. So if you get a group of fans coming back to say Everton, who I think have done well this year, mm. but maybe they're expecting to see three, four goals against Wolves and it's nil-nil at halftime, nil-nil after mm. 60 minutes. Does that maybe turn? I hope it doesn't. It's the first time they've been back in so long. But frustration can boil over, right? It's, a, it's an yeah. emotional place.
1: It, it, yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, often when I when I watch Palace games, it, it looks as if being home fans be an advantage. But when I look to the stats with Palace, they're no better with or without fans at home. Um, they're still pretty awful, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so I just wonder with them, it's just whether having fans there just makes it a better place. <laughs> Um, rather than they actually perform better in terms of FPL. Here's Spurs ones as well. So I had a look at Spurs. Obviously, different home 2018, I think, then. Um, but as we can see there, they, they were marginally better and the range of shots. So they were doing these long-range shots more um, and they're getting a bit closer to goal. So we're seeing that that familiarity again, that pattern again with Manchester United. They're shooting in the three
0: close. samples, we have the same pattern, to be fair. Yeah. Shots from further out. That, yeah. might, that might be an interesting and, and one. I'm to wondering over.
1: if that is a thing. So this could mean that I think it's going to be two. We've just got two home games coming up, so it's too short. But looking back to next season, with um, I with uh with fans back, I think what it could be, if you're looking for any trends, it could be that those players that are better at shooting, that are good for shooting from distance, will prosper more with the fans. When when the fans say shoot, shoot, they do shoot. Well, then it goes in. You know, a deli, a deli Ali Howitzer, something like that. But if they've got that extra run towards goal, but maybe maybe it doesn't work out, or maybe it does work out. Um so what we're seeing there is yeah, they're shooting more often in the box and a closer range. And that is interesting. That's interesting. It depends on which players are doing it. Um but yeah I, I thought that was interesting with Tottenham. Um, not not as stark as Everton. And once again with Newcast I thought I'll go for Newcastle. They've got the on our fixture ticker they've got the two best fixtures and they've got Sheffield United at home next. Um obviously Newcastle fans can can be you know, obviously wonderful people, but they could be a hindrance because they don't like their owners too much, um a bit like Manchester United. So maybe there will be a, a bit of booing, bit of bit of baying going on. Um and as we can see here, although you know twenty eighteen at home uh Newcastle performed better um there with 61 percent compared to thirty nine percent with um with this season. Um, so I think we can see, you know, with Newcastle, with Spurs, with Manchester United, there's on on the whole, they perform better in the stats with fans there. Um, but with Everton, the, the differences start. They just need their fans there. It's an extra, you know, the old cliche, the extra player. There. but anyway I just did that as a snapshot if anyone's watching and listening and they are members do have a look in there do have a look at the team comparison tool just do it yourself really just compare it to last season if you want I didn't I didn't think for the point of view of this it was that fair because there were so many games with with and without um, fans and I wasn't comparing these two different scenarios but um, I mean what what do you think with home advantage you mentioned about Leeds as well so I mean I mean i can't imagine the leeds fans are going to turn on them after this season oh be no hard. quite 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 the opposite
0: I no hope. no they're gonna um, marry them yeah i think it's i mean yeah i mean i know i know some Leeds fans who are fortunate it's gonna be again, a like, massive man bun wedding <laughs> <laughs> a big a big party for sure i mean it helps that our season is you know there's, there's places to play for and we can continue to push up the table but obviously we're safe and obviously we're not getting like champions league or something so the last few matches here are, I think, more about probably putting in performances, keeping it going, entertaining the fans, if you will. We also want to continue with systems. I don't expect them to rotate much, if at all, for example. But I think the fans are going to be there to enjoy themselves. And I think, I think the players will want to give it to them. I mean, the last time our players saw our fans was when we celebrated getting promotion outside the ground. I mean, our fans shouldn't have been there, but they were, and the players went out for a little bit there was stuff on social media and whatnot, I think the players and the fans probably want that connection back, right? It's time mm. to celebrate our promotion. We haven't been able to do mm. that yet. Likewise, Liverpool haven't been able to celebrate their title. Their scenarios may be a bit different because they're not doing as well this season, but... This is the first time they get to celebrate with the players probably um, just
1: a question in the chat um, a couple of people were asking about what the percentages mean obviously you can see they add up to 100 so it's it's sort of the ratio of stats <laughs> so what what this has done is a stats summary it's compiled the things like shots in the box or penalty area touches and whatever all of the, all of those stats it's, it's come up with um, a, a, a bunch of key stats there um, and it's and it's comparing the percentage so essentially of, of those stats. You know the, the the more majority the majority of those in comparison to the other um season that we're looking at in this case um we're in say for example so we're looking at newcastle united so there's 61 percent uh better than thir- and 39 percent is the is the uh flip side there so obviously if they were looking better this season it would be reversed so as we can see there 20 in a nutshell 2018 better at home and 2020 there we go um so I was just
0: looking at goals outside the box for you, mm-hmm. considering our, you know, massive speculation that maybe players will shoot more when there's fans there. Uh, again, so many other factors. So please take this with a pinch of salt. Please go do your mm-hmm. own research. But 2020 2021 so this season, goals outside the box, and of course there are a couple of games to go, but it's mm-hmm. good enough. Leicester atop with sixteen, Leeds with 14. We've seen Dallas mm-hmm. do a couple, Bamford do a couple, Tottenham with eleven, you know, Villa City with 10, United with 10. Then we start dropping into uh, single digits, and the median looks to be about six Mm. seven in 2018 2019 Man City are top interestingly Mm. Man City of all people with 19 goals outside the box Mm. Arsenal and Tottenham with 15 Southampton with 14 Palace Leicester 11 Chelsea 10 Everton 10 and the median here it's only just higher looks Mm. to be about maybe eight closer to nine perhaps uh, for the mean especially it's so marginal but the maximum number of goals scored is both higher the median looks to be higher the mean definitely looks to be higher so while that is, you know, not nearly enough research to say, based on what we've got there, more goals were scored outside the box in eighteen nineteen in front of fans than mm. they have been this season. Yeah. So taking it forward, you never know. You've got to identify those players who are going to convert yeah. those goals. And,
1: maybe. And I, I, I mean, in the past, seasons past, identifying those players. So what you're looking at there as well is, you know, once we can have the benefit of fans back and those long range um, um, players, can go up against teams that are poor at defending long-range efforts. Then you can start to to um, you know have a bit of fun with that and get some good players in. I remember one of the classics. Looking at these ones was getting Kabai in when he played for Newcastle. He was amazing at, at set pieces and out of the box shots, speculative shots from out of the box. He was up against West Ham, who at that time were the worst <laughs> at, at uh, conceding those goals from those. Uh, long range and hey, presto, he scored a break. So i got him in and he scored a break. So I'll always remember that because um, that, that was quite good. I remember Catinho is another one and Ericsson. Um, these were all great players for that. So you, you want
0: Would it be fair to say that maybe you've just named players there who are on set pieces? I think some of them on penalties mm. and maybe because of that have got a good shot on them and are also hitting mm. things from range. 2018 uh, 19, Man City, Kevin De Bruyne, top. Yeah. Uh, maybe for goals outside the box for them. I, I don't know. Um, but he would have been on some set pieces as well, not penalties then, of course, thinking uh, Crystal Palace have 11 goals outside the box in 2018-19. Was that perhaps Smilovovic scoring penalties and scoring long shots? Maybe the way to get that player, Mm. because long shots are real hard to predict, but if you can find a player who's got set pieces, uh, maybe penalties would be brilliant. Someone who's going to get consistent returns, Mm. but just add to that with those odd long shot goals... Maybe that does push them yeah. into the realms of FPL interest. I mean,
1: they are harder to score, but over a season, they can be gold because um, these are the sort of players that maybe get overlooked. Um, Tielemans, now the FA Cup final oh, yeah. wasn't in FPL, obviously, but nevertheless, it was just it was pointed out in the live chat, I think it was Harry pointed out, the fans were saying, shoot, shoot at him. And he was from distance and he did and he scored the winner. And he's good at scoring those sort of um, shots, so yeah. there could be something in this. Tielemans in front of home fans.
0: Mm. There's, there's an like, option. I really like that idea of a player, just as I just saying, like on-set pieces. So we're going to tick over mm. with creating chances, but then have that cherry on top of maybe scoring a long-range shot. Yeah, I think they're probably quite, I mean, not a giant surprise, they've probably been FPL relevant in the past, but maybe more so in the future again.
1: Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's quite interesting. I think, with, I think with some of these stats... You can pick and choose them. I think some, when it comes down to it, some teams, they're just simply good. <laughs> and some teams are just simply bad. Yeah. But I do think you get examples like Everton where they definitely need fans. Um, and I think with a lot of other teams, they can be marginally better. But yeah, I think this is, I don't know, I haven't really thought it occurred to this, this long range, the long range heroes. But something for definitely next season, we'll have a few more matches. Yeah. One
0: thing to point out as well, obviously, we've got two games left. Trying to predict a long shot goal in two games is yeah, very yeah. difficult. That's what I mean. Maybe this, not, maybe not yeah. just yet.
1: <laughs> in, in game week one next season, we've got 38 game weeks ahead of us. We can say, you know, try, you know, get Tielemans at home against this ex, ex defence. You know, you might get something over these 10 games. You might get two long range goals out of him. If yeah, like. Absolutely. Um, which would be amazing if you did. Um, but yeah, if, if we can predict, well, you never know. Never know. Um, let's move on. To so the captaincy. So I guess this is all sort of brings in home in a way. My um my feeling is to captain someone at home, thirty seven and thirty-eight. I just feel I just feel it's going to make a difference. Just that extra maybe, well, as we've seen, an extra five or ten percent in some cases, an extra extra like fifty percent in Everton's case. Um but yeah, captaincy, do you want to take this?
0: Absolutely. So I think this is probably a good week for a lot of options. We've got Fernandez at home to Fulham. Mm. We have Salah away to Burnley and Kane Mm. at home to Wolves. All of which, you know, in any other week might be our standout option, but they've all got those matches in the same week. So there's probably a few choices there. I think there might be a few differentials further down our list as well. We've got a few questions on the topic, which hopefully Mm. we can answer as we talk. So, from HVT, it's a big week for the captaincy. Lots of good options, but who to pick? Hopefully we'll get into that. The suspended one asks Kane, Bruno and Salah, all mentioned above. look Great options, but are Son and Greenwood good differential captains? Got some numbers on those, so I'll share those in a bit as well. And Vishnaz asks, is Cavani a good punt? Does he come into the captaincy debate? And I know, Joe, you've got uh, mm-hmm. worse defences and then some XGI for us as yeah, well. I've got, I've got the players up at
1: the moment, but I can move on oh, to great. whichever you want, really. Um, I've got the, oh,
0: I've Why, got... why don't you... <laughs> Sorry, mate, go on, after you.
1: I was going to say these are for expected goal involvement. Last six matches, these stats are on the screen. So we can talk about them or we can talk about
0: teams, whichever you want. No problem. Well, I've, I've combined the two a little bit. So, um, but rather than slinging a lot of numbers at you all at once, we can take them a few in turn. So I guess the top options being Kane, Salah, Fernandes. They appear pretty high up on our list there. We've got Kane with 5.72 XGI in the last six, Salah with 4.8 and Fernandes with 4.19, which is just behind Nacho and Jota. But obviously Jota is now out. Yeah. And I would say Nacho maybe less of an option with the fixtures they've got. What I've done to compare with the fixtures they've got remaining, which is important with just two matches is do a super rudimentary calculation. Super rudimentary. But it's kind of satisfying because it results in a sort of believable FPL score in terms of magnitude. So I've taken the players XGI and I've taken the team they're playing, their expected goals conceded, and added them together. So just for those top three we had there, Kane is 5.72 plus 8.4, which is the XGC for the team he's playing, which is 14.12. Salah ridiculously is 14.11. And Fernandez is just behind mm. on thirteen point eight. So those aren't real stats. I've just added some numbers together yeah, yeah. to kind of give me a list. Mm-hmm. It's not expected points. Nothing like that. But it's a you know it's a it's a bit of a ratio. A nice. It, it's little, the startings a little of an algorithm to predict a gap. <laughs> exactly. You want to build some weightings yeah. in there. Obviously, Fernandez and Salah and midfielders, but I think it shows what we already know. They're incredibly incredibly mm. close. So maybe it's time to look at the opposition they're playing. Okay. So I lovely you've got some things. I've there for got, us. Yeah,
1: this is uh, um, this I've sorted by um, expected goals conceded last six matches. So um, yeah, if you want to run
0: through who's who's really bad, I've got the really bad Gorgeous. ones at the top. <laughs> so yeah, I'll give you those then. So we've got Newcastle with uh, an XGC expected goals conceded of twelve point zero eight. They've conceded twelve goals too, which is worth noting. There's a few on here that have a difference. So either either a bit of luck, good strikers, or a good or bad goalkeeper. West Brom have an XGC of 10.82, conceded 11 goals. Sheffield United conceded 10 for an XGC of 10.55. Southampton, 10 goals conceded from 10.42 XGC. West Ham, nine goals conceded, so an improvement on their 10.31 XGC. And then I'll round us off with the last little few Mm. here. Crystal Palace, 13 goals conceded from 9.78 XGC. So either good strikers or bad goalkeeper. Fulham well, We know he's a have... bad goalkeeper, don't we? Because we we spoke about that last week. Guita absolutely, absolutely. But, and yeah. I think in the in the double, did we have they kept one clean sheet and then conceded a bunch of goals? Yeah. Guita got a clean sheet and didn't really get any save points. Kind of what we expected. He's
1: statistically the worst goalkeeper. He is. He costs teams goal. He costs Palace goals.
0: Quite possibly. Uh, and then so Fulham as well there with twelve goals conceded from an xGc of nine point seven. So again, poorer. Mm. Burnley, 11 conceded from an XGC of 9.31. And the last one, because it's my team, uh, Leeds, mm. five goals conceded from an XGC of 9.25. Not so bad. we've probably been very lucky and we have Melier. You've got a good goalkeeper, yeah. No, that, I mean, Absolute, that, that, absolutely, absolutely.
1: That, that's that's Burnley style, or Burnley of old. That's the Nick Pope effect, the Tom Heaton, whoever they have in goal.
0: That's just the way. Well, it, I mean, speaking of uh, speaking of Burnley the last match, mm. I mean, was it Vidra who had an excellent opportunity yeah. that Melier made a very good save mm. for? So. I mean, maybe we can talk about that a bit more later, but an impressive win for Leeds at 4-0, but probably ended up a bit more impressive than we deserved. Yeah. I think the XG for the game was about 2.5 to mm-hmm. 1.5 or something. Um, so the players that are playing those teams, mm-hmm. uh, we've gone through Kane, Salah, Fernandes there for their own. So I looked a little bit deeper because mm-hmm. on this you know, rudimentary scale I've come up with, they're very, very similar. So looking at Villa for where they've conceded their chances, it's 24 from central locations, 20 from the left, and 27 from the right, which is where they've conceded most. So that oh. would be Spurs' left. So maybe a son. human son, shout there. So to use Hassan in these little metrics here, we had that question on him as well. He has 2.78 expected goals, and obviously the same XGC for the proponent he's playing, for 11.18 altogether, which is a fair bit behind. And his minutes per XGI as well are 194.2. So he's really dropped off mm. since Bale has come into it. Interesting though, Bale didn't show here, so he's mm. further behind. So it really does look like your Spurs option is Kane yeah. for me. Maybe a bit thinking, oh Son's on the left, but just watching the matches, I don't know about you, Joe, but I'd say Son's probably a lot less involved than he's, I think he's been recently.
1: We've been seeing with the stats, he's become more creative, and Kane has become the one. We did see a couple of weeks ago that Kane's, um, you know, he, he disallowed goal for his toenail. Um, Hit the bar twice, another disallowed goal, and you know he was it, that looked like Kane was edging back to being Kane, and and hey presto, he indeed got a goal, got his goal, and he could have scored another one as well. I think he hit the post again. So he's getting closer and closer. He's certainly getting points. He's the one I motivated by the golden boot. Him and Salah again neck and neck. So you know they're going to be going for that. Um, you know it's reported in the press today that Kane um, wants to leave Spurs, so this could indeed be the next home game could be indeed his last home game may not be Um, and he may stay there might end up being like in in a Lionel Messi situation where he wants to um, where he's just forced to stay but nevertheless I think that there's that motivation of wanting to score in front of fans and get that golden boot it says to me in terms of that motivation in terms of teams to score goals it's really tight to get to fourth Leicester, Chelsea and Liverpool they've got they haven't just got a win they've got to score lots this was the old Ferguson mentality with Manchester United you know it was worth an extra get an extra win almost to get that to get all of those goals to to win on goal difference because it can be really tight and if you're looking at winning the title or getting in this case getting fourth i think he's going to need so they're going to need to absolutely batter burnley and palace um, liverpool and the same token with the with the motivation that Harry Kane's got. If he if Salah's starting to pile the points in there for those last two games, Kane's gotta do it as well. Meanwhile, yeah. Chelsea have got to score loads of Leicester. So we're gonna see I think we're gonna see a lot of goals. And I don't think we're gonna see that many clean
0: sheets. Yeah, I mean we mentioned those two teams and I think they've both got something to play for, clearly, and those two players have got something to play for, which I think is an interesting comparison with Fernandez, because Man United probably less to play for and Fernandez Just going for, you know, eye test, reasons to be converting these into goals. Stats-wise, Fernandez doesn't come out too bad at all against Kane Mm. and Salah. Mm. But when we actually watch him play, we felt for a little while now, he's just not maybe had the same swagger, Mm. the same involvement, whatever it is. You know, the stats tell us maybe he's still quietly involved. But I guess it's not just if the stats are maybe telling us, you know, how they're just ticking along. I feel like Kane and Salah could explode and exceed their stats at any moment because they really have something to go for there. So if you combine those two things, I think it's clearly Kane and Salah ahead of Fernandez, with the exception that yeah. Fulham. Yeah. And I know you mentioned in the last well, four, they've looked very poor. So I mean, these worst defenses are last
1: six. Um, I haven't put it up on the screen, uh, but last four I sorted it by big chances conceded, and Fulham are the worst. So they've shot up from here. They are where one, two, three, four, five, six. They're seventh worst um, in terms of that xG conceded. But then sort sorted by big chances. Um, absolutely appalling Um, and over the last four so they are the worst now they're down and out and that coincides with them being relegated so they've given up (laughs) they've just they've had it Um, and that tips it over slightly to me with Fernandes because game week 38 I, I think there's going to be rotation Home fans are there. Game week 30, in thirty, thirty, sorry, thirty-eight. There's going to be rotation because that's going to be before the Europa League final. Game thirty-seven is going to be in front of fans against a team that are just given up. Um, so for me, I mean, I've got Kane, Salah, and Fernandez. Currently, I'm thinking Fernandez, but I'm nowhere near ruling Salah Kane. Now it's one of those ones where it could chop and change. But I think all three are really good is just has the slight edge for me. Slight yeah, edge. So yeah, I,
0: I would possibly push before, before uh, towards Kane and Salah for the reasons mm. I mentioned. But if we are speaking Man United then, and you mentioned Fulham being poor, not only mm. are they poor for big chances conceded, but their XGC, which obviously there would be a very yeah. high correlation with big chances conceded, they're second worst in the last four with a seven point seven three, which has gone up a lot from the last yeah. six. As you mentioned, they're kind of mid, yes, up, lower mid table for that. Two other options then at Man United, a couple of which we had questions about. Greenwood and Cavani. So if you're not quite fancying uh, Fernandez, here comes out at 11.34 and Cavani comes out at 12.19, which for comparison with Fernandez, yeah. he got a 13.8. Minutes per XGI for those uh, players, got 109.1 for Fernandez, And then more importantly, maybe for Greenwood and Cavani, because we don't know if they'll play 90s, 121.1 for Greenwood and 111.6 for Cavani. Worth worth noting as well that Greenwood's actually got poorer the last few Mm. than he did a little while ago. But the last thing maybe to pay attention to here is over the season, Fulham have conceded 87 chances from the centre. So probably where you'd expect Cavani to be, maybe Fernandez moving into. 84 from their right flank, but 118 from their left flank. Which if we think Greenwood starts, we think he probably starts there and we know the type of goal he's going to score. It's not too dissimilar to the Mo Salah, come inside, try and put it across Mm. the goalkeeper. So maybe there's a little edge for Greenwood there and of course, he has the advantage of being that differential pick.
1: He's also, he's going to have the crowd saying, shoot, shoot at him. Will he need, <laughs> will he need that extra yard to get in the box? But I don't think he would because Greenwood's really good. He's really lethal. Um, and we'll come to it in a sec with Jota replacements. And obviously, he's definitely in the conversation there because he's of a similar price. But I think there with Son and Greenwood, you've got a very good very good impression of David there because that's exactly the kind of thing he would match up left uh, weaknesses down there left, and whoever's playing on the right, and say you know vice versa. Um, so I, I
0: listened to your captain videos. <laughs>
1: so I think I think we've got, and this this sounds you know people want us to come up with this is the person who's the best captain. Salah, Kane, Fernandez, Greenwood, and Son are all really good captaincy shouts. And if I saw you captain any of them, I would think fair play. For me personally. I'm going, to, I'm going to put my head on the block and say Fernandez is my favoured one. He's the one I had my eye on for the last couple of weeks. If anything, I'm, I'm, I feel more confident in Fernandez. I think he's had, they've had a longer rest. Um, a lot of teams are playing three times in eight days, is it? Um, they're just playing twice, apart from the final, obviously. So it, I would think it was game week 38 is going to be the rota- mass rotation one. Because they're away, um, and it's just that security of starts. Fulham, uh, you know, um, if I went Salah and Kane, it wouldn't be so bad. I know people want, um, you know, to be more certain, but I'm I'm 90% certain I'm going to captain Fernandez. Uh,
0: I mean, it might be fair to say out of those top three, Kane, Salah, Fernandez, you could expect similar points from all of them, give or take. So maybe that isn't where you find your edge this week. A few other players I'd looked at this, Um, speaking of Salah, just for Liverpool as well, looking at Mane, obviously, Jota is out Mm. now. So Mane comes out with 11.1 on this nonsense metric, which is three less than Salah. So, you know, he's got a Mm. lot, uh, 1.79 XGI to 4.8. So that's where the difference is, obviously. It's not great and a a lot worse per minute as well. Not far off double. So while he has had those few chances recently, we know he's not getting as many as Salah and his conversion looks poorer. Mm. So I think... Salah wins that out. You know, anything can happen in one match, but Salah makes sense to me. Also worth noting against Leeds, when Rodrigo came on, um, maybe speak about Leeds again in a bit Mm. later, but the reason he was possibly able to score those great goals he scored Mm. is the space Burnley were giving him behind. We saw Harrison with those balls into massive space. Well, what does does Salah like? Running into that exact same space. Mm. If Burnley leave that, now they may not push on against Liverpool like they did against us, but if Burnley leave that, I think Salah could really be in there The other thing I just wanted to look at here as well is Trent Alexander-Arnold. So, of course, first to say Mm -hmm. you need a clean sheet from Trent, really, to be safe captain. Liverpool are ninth in the league for XGC over the last six with uh, 8.07 expected goals conceded. So, not great from that perspective. And Trent's XGI is actually 2.49, which is pretty good, actually, for a defender. But the thing that caught my eye, if you really wanted to punt it... Is that Burnley have conceded 82 crosses from their left-hand side, Ooh. which is the most in the league by a mile, and that's where you'd expect Trent to be putting them in. <laughs> so maybe there's an assist there for him.
1: As ever, I'm I'm Trentless, and as ever, he's the player
0: I'll fear every
1: week. <laughs> I mean, he I, I don't actually fear it. I mean, the, I was Calvert Lewinless last week. I didn't I didn't mind Bamford. I didn't mind all, all that lot. <laughs> didn't mind, but Trent I fear every week. And, you know, he comes away with... They concede, but he comes away with six points. I consider myself yep. lucky. Because he's got yep. 20 points in him
0: each week. They're genuinely, maybe not this season, obviously the season when he got over 200 points, but there genuinely must be a half-season tactic where you leave the yeah. captain on for a whole season and you don't do too yeah. poorly. A, just because, especially if they defend better.
1: On the live FPL website um, that Ragabolli does, uh, he's got these little um, emojis next to the players that you don't own, you know. Um, and uh, the, oh yeah, the, the one on, on my particular one for Alexander Arnold is not only skull and Crossbows, it's like, you know, it's got nuclear explosions. <laughs> it's just, basically if he hauls, yeah. I'm gone. <laughs> so I so, so
0: why so why have you not why have you not bought him in? Is it just well, not working? It's,
1: it's, it's what we came back to the, see. On my wild card, I decided to invest more in attack. Sure. On thirty game week thirty one, and well, I've only had one red arrow since then, and. Uh, I've only had two since January so it was that's worked out but the sacrifice I've made so some people have sacrificed not having Fernandes not having Salah not having Kane my sacrifice was no Alexander-Arnold and I regret that in a way in the getting to Alexander-Arnold given the blanks and the doubles and other issues is really hard moving up from a Five million or so defender to a seven and a half with, you know, and retaining Kane and Salah. It's Really hard. So why? I, and also I've, I've, I've got Phillips, who bizarrely got me an assist in the double game week, uh, which it was unexpected for Liverpool. So I've got the Liverpool. So if Liverpool get a clean sheet, I get my six points because Phillips is, is nailed on. Um, it's just that uh, the attacking threat that Alexander offers and the bonus that comes with it. But can I, It it it's what, well, you know, that. The FPL cliche, you rip up your team to get them. But yeah, I I would. I I would actually be ripping my team up to get him in. And I'd just look elsewhere. But it's just one of those
0: things. It definitely feels, I guess, you know, Defender transfers with two weeks left just don't feel that sexy, do they? I
1: I think uh, if a lesson to be learned, I I think next week we might talk about lessons to be learned and things. I think one of those would be on a wild card or in game week one, which is essentially a wild card, I think I will um, adopt my usual strategy of price points more and have basically the most expensive goal... Um, not goalkeeper. I'm, I'm fine with cheap ones there. Most expensive defender, most expensive midfielder, and make most expensive forward and work down. Say Kane is, it doesn't work out. Easy, move him on. Trent, does well, it doesn't work out. Easy, move him on. But if they start hauling, it's really hard. It's really hard to get them back in. I mean... People without say Salah, for example, that's gonna be it's gonna be tricky for a lot of people there. So um
0: yeah. Well so like, even even if you're not as precise as you are there, that I you know that idea of having two big hitters at least, so you can either yeah. split the money or yeah, yeah. have I mean, we're looking at teams say Salah, Fernandez, De Bruyne, whatever it is, so you can have some of those. Um before we move on, one last player for you then. So a little differential. By definition, this is differential. I do not expect them to have a higher percentage chance of scoring big points than, say, Kane, Salah, or Fernandez. Mm -hmm. um, of which Salah would be my choice and Fernandez would be yours. But the team playing West Brom this week, admittedly away from home, so maybe you have to take that into account. And I do believe West Ham have been better at home this this year as well, so maybe those aren't perfect. But looking at the XGC considered over this period, West Brom are only second to Newcastle with a 10.82. They've conceded ever so slightly more than they would expect at 11, but that's less than 0.2. So you can expect them to concede what they're going to concede. The player who's put in the best numbers for West Ham recently is Antonio. He has 3.94 XGI over the last six. Uh, If you combine that with West Brom's XGC for this uh, metric that I came up with half an hour ago, Mm -hmm. he has a 14.72, 123.4 minutes per XGI. And then crucially again, West Brom just conceding chances from everywhere. 36 central, 24 from the left, 31 from the right. Antonio's only 8% owned. If you're looking at Mm. 40% Salah, 40% Kane, I don't think you have a better chance of Antonio scoring more. But if you need to throw caution to the wind in this penultimate week, I think Antonio could be there for you. I know people thought he looked sluggish last time, but everything above that goes in his favour for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I got Antonio in because I just felt, well, if it, you always have to say, if it, he can do well. But I do think for the final three fixtures, I think of the three, Brighton was the toughest. Um, and so I think the next two fixtures are good for Antonio. For me, he's not in the captaincy conversation because I've got so many other options. But it's if, if I didn't, if I didn't have Kane, for yeah. example, then then yeah, he would be in that conversation. Um, but um, yeah. I this... mean,
0: most of the season. Oh, yeah. Please.
1: Yeah, no. What were you going to say? Most of the
0: season? Oh, sorry, mate. Um... Most of the season, I would advocate going, for want of a better phrase, safe with your captain. You know, We know who we think is going to score the most points, so just captain them. But with two weeks to go, maybe you're 10, 20 points behind a leader who you know is going to captain Kane or Salah. And your teams are really similar. You've got limited options available to you. Maybe someone like Antonio is where you get those 10 or 20 points from. You probably don't, but maybe you do.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, let's move on to look at um, Jota picks, because Lingard is in the conversation here. Now, I was all set to get rid of Lingard. And then Jota got injured, so now I have another issue. Um, so Lingard's is sort of being promoted from the exit to the bench <laughs> for me. Um, but um, yeah, so Jota being injured, um, the speculation that that was known by Klopp before the press conference that he had, so rather cheekily, didn't tell us um so jota out for the rest of the season it's a minor injury out for the season sounds harsh but he's basically out for a week <laughs> it could be more so but that's the end of it end, end of it this season so we have got to move him on but there are plenty of replacements so um you know there is um you know an opportunity here so what I've got up here, once again, gone for last six fit matches here, um, and I've gone for uh, last, uh, sorted by expected goal involvement. Um, and looking at here, there's a whole bunch of options here. I've pulled no punches here. Fashionable, unfashionable, they're all in. Um, Martinelli is the top in terms of expected goal involvement. I am convinced this lad, if he can play, if he can get the minutes, he's got a haul in him in the last couple of matches. Um, Martinelli is an option at 4.9 And then you've got Pereira at West Brom Always an option Always in the points Harrison at Leeds He is among those leading the charge For me to replace Jota Al 5.2 at Villa Do not overlook Al Ghazi um, Mason Greenwood, 7.2. He's next up in terms of expected goal involvement. What's interesting about Mason Greenwood is, woo, hey, look at those goal attempts. 19 shots inside the box. 16 shots on target. 10. These are huge. Is he, oh, is he 12 or something? It's quite incredible stats there. Um, so ordinary... you, know,
0: you know what I like about Greenwood as well, if I may, just before we yeah, yeah. move on, is we're talking about now the last couple of weeks. So it's only two weeks. You've got so little time for this to play out. Mm. Not only, you know, could you go, oh, he's got this over the season, yeah. but I don't know what I get in two weeks, so you need a bit of luck. But what maybe helps with that? Someone who we think traditionally has a good conversion rate. So a player who, dare I say Antonio, who I've just bigged up, but we know, his, you know he underperforms his XGI normally. He underperforms his XG. Mm. So even if in these two weeks he gets massive numbers, there's probably a better than average chance that he underperforms. Greenwood, we think, maybe is the opposite of that. So if he does get good numbers we think he's probably quite good at converting them. Yeah. So I think that just gives you that little edge in such a small sample yeah. of C- of matches left. You want someone who's clinical.
1: Yeah. Um, I can just about afford Jotter to Greenwood. So people might say, well, you fool, why don't you just do it? Um, e- even with a price rise for Greenwood tonight, for example, I can still do it. Um, but let's move down the list more. Um, in terms of expecting goal involvement, Mason Mount always plays, always gets points. He is a player I'm very, very interested very much considering game week one next season and just bung him in there because he's just he just getting points he just gets points not not 20 points but he's just chipping away six eight points a week which is what you want um then we move down the list we've got willock which is really interesting at newcastle 4.7 um and he's sort of second on penalties um once joe linton scored his one um ferran torres is a player we was in our list two or three weeks ago um, Torres is there if you if you if you want to second guess the Pep Guardiola team sheet um, Torres is there Rafinha um, he is next up in terms of expecting goal involvement all these expected goal involvement with these players here they're all between about three and a half and, and and just over two so there's not a great deal about them so when I say you know Rafinha's uh, one two three four five six seven eight nine tenth in that list doesn't mean like you know there's a massive gap a massive cut off you know he's still in the running he's had 13 chances over his over his last um, six 10 goal attempts 7 inside the box 2 on target and then at the bottom of the list I've just put him in there Lingard no assists 5 chances created so that compares with say Mason Mount Harrison Torres Rafina, all over 10 all over, more than double almost tw- Pereira 3 times as much as that um, goal attempts though over the last six so this isn't very recently and um you know we've seen a difference there that goal attempts has gone down if you want to you know hone that in the last two or three um so yeah looking at that list there's a lot of choice a hell of a lot of choice if i had two transfers i would do lingard and jota out um but for me this is just me (laughs) so i'm gonna say for me it's between harrison and rafina because I really like Leeds fixtures I really like Leeds players I really like Harrison and Rafina. I think I've already got Stuart Dallas I would love to get both of them in I think they're great to go along with Stuart Dallas um, and the other reason is because that will give me enough money in Game Week 38 to get Mane in for Fernandez, who I think is going to be benched ahead of the Europa League final and not a player I would captain anyway and I would go into Game Week thirty Salah and Mane and, the, and you do Full circle. You talked about my fear of Alexander Arnold, Mane. To soothe my brow <laughs> would be would help. So I, I look forward to like a big thumbs up on uh, live FPL uh, for for my Mane pick. Um, but I'm quite quite looking forward to that if I can. So, so you, yeah.
0: So you would end up with Rafina and Harrison um, and Salah and Mane. Well, no, no, well. I
1: won't because I've run out. I'm going to run out of games. <laughs> I haven't got Rafina or oh, Harrison. Okay. I will get one of them.
0: Oh, sorry. So you want to, well, I thought you said... You were
1: going to if if oh, I okay. had the transfers, I think they're the three best to get. At the moment. Dallas, Rafinha, sure. and Harrison. I,
0: for the record, I really like those four. If anyone's in a position to get those four, I quite like that. Doubling yeah. up on teams, yeah, yeah. Yeah. good fixtures, good yeah. expected points. Um, you're probably in a position many aren't though as well. You've got only Dallas from Leeds at the moment. I know mm. a lot will have three leads. I uh, do myself. Mm. So Harrison, possibly not a consideration for many of us. He's slightly higher than Rafina in that table. He's obviously returned better than uh, than Rafina recently, Uh, especially if Rafina isn't getting set pieces back before the end of the season, which would surprise me because his delivery is Mm. excellent. Uh, Dallas and Harrison's delivery has been good too, though. But I guess most people probably don't want to be doing Rafina sideways to Harrison. You know, with two matches left, that's probably not the way to maximise your exposure to points. Going from one good midfielder for the same team to another good midfielder from the same team. Yeah. So for me, I've got I've got Joe there too um my initial thought was Lingard I know he's down there I know well, know's i'll I'll explain <clears> why <throat> and I think I'll explain why I won't do it but it shows yeah. that initially maybe because I had in my head he done he did so well recently I didn't get involved mm. in that you know oh I wanna I want to get me some of that I can finally do it it's it's been easy transfer for me and I like Antonio well there's my West Ham exposure um you know good fixtures we' just talked about how I think they could do well against West Brom quite possibly but Lingard has really fallen off in pretty much every cent of the phrase so in game weeks 22 to 20 uh, to 32 which is a quite long period it's when he got pretty much all his points this season he had eight points per game which is huge uh 5.11 xgi which is sixth but got nine goals and three assists from that which is first and mm. fourth respectively which is very very impressive 0.5 xgi per 90 there so he was putting in really good stats and performing even better than that mm. so basically the best you could want from any player at any point in games 29 to 32, which is just the end of that period, just after he missed one match. It's probably the best little period he has had all season, and I wish I owned him then. He got 11.25 points per game from an XGI of two, which is ridiculous. He got five goals and two assists, so seventh for XGI. So starting to slip down that table. Still first for goals and third for assists, which is actually better than why he was fourth, and 0.49 XGI per 90, so about the same. So he was performing, in terms of underlying stats, exactly the same, but just converting at an even better rate, which is probably where, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. were saying, like, oh, this is unsustainable. He could still score points, just not maybe at that incredible rate. Yeah. What he's now done, unfortunately, though, is dropped off in everything. Yeah. So he now has 1.75 points per game from 33 to 36 mm-hmm. on the last four. XGI of 0.81, which is, you know, a quarter-ish of, or well, a third of what he had in the in the four preceding that which puts him 45th in the list of midfielders, by the way, which is terrible. And we know he's got no goals and no assists. I tried to find a good reason for this. I know Antonio's come back, but Mm. Antonio played when Lingard got really good points in 22 to about 28, I think it was. So I don't know if that's solid. We know Declan Rice hasn't been around, so West Ham maybe have fallen off a bit, but Lingard did well then too. Jarrod Bowen's been in and out. Looking at other players who have played, we mentioned Jarrah Bowen, who has a better XGI than Lingard in the last, uh, last four. Ben Rama does, Four does, and even Suchek has the same XGI. So the only real thing I could find is in the last match versus Brighton, and I think he played there before as well with Antonio, he's moved into this 10 role rather than being wide. The heat maps, in that period when he was doing amazing, I think notionally he was kind of starting up front with Bowen or with other people, but dropping wide into channels. So that's why he took most of his touches, but maybe then being able to burst into the box and finishing things off or creating Mm. stuff. And we know as well he was playing amazing, so things were converted at a crazy rate. But now he's playing behind Antonio at number 10, a few little touches in the box, but most of them really in that traditional 10 position. So if he's not creating chances, no assists from that period, not too many chances created, I believe, according to your table, yeah, five. Mm. Maybe he's just really pulled himself out of getting into goal-scoring positions. Mm. Uh, Personally, I still think he looks really good on the eye. Yeah. So there might still be something there. He, he almost but this has his... flipped me from wanting him to not wanting
1: him. I mean, there's little, little things as well, like in the Brighton game, um, uh, He, you know, another day he would have got um, an assist from a penalty. Um, I don't yep. think he would have taken... Uh, I th- was Rice on the pitch then? Uh, but Rice is the penalty taker.
0: Would Antonio not maybe have taken it? No. If, right, okay.
1: well if, if Rice isn't on the pitch, I think Lingard's taken it whilst Antonio's been on the pitch. But Rice is the one. Ah, oh, OK. Um,
0: I guess because Rice has been missing, yeah. Yeah,
1: that. and then and then it would be Lingard, I think. Um, but yeah, I guess we'd have to see um, that situation. But yeah, I mean, I, would, I think as a, as a player, if I was a West Ham fan, I'd be very delighted with Lingard. But as an FPL asset, um, it's not quite where we want to be. When you consider all of these players here. Um, so we've got some questions, where well, I think we've pretty much answered uh, answered them, but we'll, we'll fire away anyway. FPL, Ron Manager, if you own Jota... Who are you going to replace him with? Greenwood might be the top candidate as Manchester United face Fulham. Well, yeah, I agree with that. If yeah, if I, if I remind- didn't, if if it wasn't, um, if it was a, just that single match, I would I would get Greenwood in definitely for Jota. But for me, I'm different considerations, and other people might think this as well. If they're Fernandez owners, they think, well, maybe we can save a bit of money and then invest that elsewhere the following week. Anyway, it gives me a bit of flexibility. Um, he, he likes Willock though as well and as we can see from the stats nine goal attempts, nine shots inside the box, six on target he's 4.7, not bad um, Kay Naldo mm-hmm. asks uh, who are the best 6.5 midfielders in the next two games, Harrison, Willock or Torres but should he double up on, uh, sorry, should, should Kay double up on Harrison and Rafina? so yeah, I mean yeah, well I mean if I Harrison and Rafina, I, I can't separate them, i, I I love them both. <laughs> but um, if 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 a, a Leeds... I'm not going to say gun, because that would be nasty. But if a, a Leeds... What do they have in Leeds? Pies. If a pie was held to your head <laughs> and you had to decide, Harrison or Rafinha, um,
0: which one Which one would you get? I'll tell you what we have in Leeds. World-class managers and great midfielders. There we go. Um... Someone held
1: a world-class manager to your head.
0: saw. <laughs> oh, I, so I would... I have Rafina in my team, so obviously I'm going to want to default to that naturally. If I had neither, obviously before this weekend, I would have said Rafina. Harrison's performance was very impressive. He was probably our best player against Tottenham as well. He really has been very impressive recently. Rafina's coming back from injury too, so maybe not quite as yeah. sharp. But I think Rafina still looked very tasty. A few opportunities at the weekend as well where, you know, Harrison put some long balls through. There was one, uh, I can't remember who blocked it, but there was one off the top of my head. Where Rafina had an opportunity to do very similar, and it just got cut out by a defender, almost through no fault of Rafina, it's just great yeah. defending. Whereas Harrison's, you know, it wasn't cut out. So Harrison comes out just ahead of the numbers as well. But if I had to go, not what the numbers currently are, mm. who has the potential to really exceed that, I probably would go Rafina. Mm. But I think it's close, and I love the idea of getting both of them, as we said yeah, earlier. Definitely. Especially, you know, if you haven't got a defender or haven't got Bamford. I think it's quite nice and therefore you and most people won't have both
1: yeah no I, I think i think if you're in a position to get both do it um and it's not too late gaming 38 is not too late either so um i just want to answer something in the live chat Well, I, i'll say answer i can't answer it but i just it's an interesting question here in our table here we we have uh, yeah harrison mount Willip, whatever and then it's got in it got under greenwood it's just got in brackets mason and then were said, why, why is it say that? What other Greenwoods are there? And I can't think. Can you think of any other there Greenwoods? Is,
0: there is a Sam Greenwood at Leeds United. From ah, the striker. there Came we from go.
1: There, well, I've asked the right person. So, John, that answers your question. Why <laughs> yeah, does it say up. Mason under Greenwood's name? Are there any other Greenwoods? Yes, there's Sam Greenwood at Leeds. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that, we've got that Good striker so you know once again with cap you know like with the captain conversation there is lots of options and i think it's going to come down to not only your interpretation of stats and fixtures but also what you want to do with your team as well and i personally i can just about get greenwood in but if i save myself one and a half million or so that gives me flexibility the following week and i don't know i might i penciled in Mane. But I might might want to do something else. But I don't want to lock myself out of that. I don't want to go into the final Liverpool game. Where Liverpool have got to score a ton of goals against Palace. And I'm a Brighton fan. Um so I don't mind them watching <laughs> that. And we know that Manet and Salah are both pretty potent against Palace at times. Um they certainly were away this season. So yeah. Um that's that's what I'm looking at there. Um but um yeah, so what, what yeah, after my spiel there, what you, Jota, who, who are you getting in for
0: Jota then? I mean, well, I, I spent a long time identifying it wasn't Lingard. Yeah. Um, ho- hopefully that's useful to other people. If other, Just like getting Lingard in, if other people have already beaten me to the getting him out before I've even got him in, then yep, fair enough. That's why you're ahead of me this season. Um, I might, I don't want to give it away too much because it might be my differential, but sure. I might do not a dissimilar thing to you and use it to generate funds for options in the future, by which I mean the last week. Mm. It also a different striker. Um, I think what was the one Havertz that was the one we hadn't spoken about I know yeah. he's not on your list but in uh, he's probably a bit expensive why, why he's not on your list uh, so maybe you do need a cheaper player to facilitate him he comes out ahead of Mount for XGI in the last six with 3.78 Mount's was 2.93 mm. on your graphic there well let's put it up um, the captaincy stats on. up again so
1: the XGI he's on that list
0: oh there you go mm. so and, and mins per XGI he's got 111.1 which versus Mount for example is 164 but very favourable against others. So, for example, Bruno's on 109, uh, Salah's on 96, so better. But Havertz per minute, very, very impressive. The issue really maybe is minutes. I reckon, looking at, they've got match this midweek, match at the weekend, and then a fu- then the final. Havertz is going to play one of these Premier League matches from the start, I would think. Probably come off the bench in the other. You'd expect maybe it to be the last match of the season in preparation for the final. I would expect him to start which is versus Aston Villa, who are mm. relatively poor side defensively, or at least middling, middling at the moment. This week, it's Leicester. So that would be my preference if he plays the last one. His minutes per XGI, as we mentioned, are pretty crazy. And also, I think you had him very high for big chances as well. There was a mm. nice ratio between a good XGI and high big chances, which was only bettered by Harry Kane, which possibly shows that when he is getting those chances, you know, when he is getting that XGI, it's all coming, and we've seen, we've seen the goals he scored. It's from that nine position, mm. often one on one with the goalkeeper inside the box, tucking something away. So, if you think you'll get the minutes out of him, I quite like him as someone that other yeah. people won't have. Gooderich yeah. it's up there as well, but I maybe just prefer Havertz.
1: Definitely, yeah, yeah. But extremely low owned, and they've got a lot to play for—a place in the Champions League final, um, and, and it pretty much is all up for grabs at Chelsea. I wouldn't say, you know, unlike say a Liverpool um, or Manchester United, you know, you, you, can, you can kind of guess their best team. But Chelsea, I don't know. <laughs> I don't... I, I mean, Alonso could play. Who knows? I just I just can't really tell who would play in that final. Um, let's move on to the season ticket. Usually this is last four. There's only two matches left. Um. So next two fixtures. Uh, yeah, we've alluded to a lot of these. Uh, Newcastle top. they got Sheffield United and Fulham. Doesn't get better than that. West Ham, West Brom and Southampton next. Sheffield United themselves. Young Jepperson. Uh, Newcastle, Burnley. Um, and then... Leeds, um, this is why we talk about Leeds a lot um, Southampton and West Brom uh, the West Brom is the home game in game thirty-eight. 38 um, so I'll, I would like more Leeds for that uh, Liverpool, Burnley and then Crystal Palace they've got to score a lot of goals Manchester United, Fulham and Wolves so expecting rotation in Wolves so it's not a case of them being high up on the ticker in terms of their assets because we're not quite sure who's going to play um, so keep an eye on the team sheet with Fulham Arsenal have got Crystal Palace and Brighton Brighton's obviously a tough one at home and I'll let him just say that because I'm biased but it just is, Brighton uh, and City are amongst the best defences if not the best home defences this season XG champions indeed Uh, Burnley there, they've got Liverpool that's a tough one but then they finish off with Sheffield United they're better away um, than at home at the moment Um, and then further down Brighton have got City again at Arsenal Arsenal and then Villa have got Tottenham, Chelsea, Leicester, Chelsea, Tottenham, Everton, Wolves. That's a good home fixture if we think f- their fans and the Z car music is, is going to help. But then they've got City at the end. One of the reasons I got Pickford in is because I just thought, well, at least I'm going to get save points, I hope, <laughs> against City. Um, and uh, and he had two good fixtures. How was I to know that surely United's Jefferson would score? Um, Southampton, OK. Leeds, West Ham, um so you know there's there's some options there but you know looking at that um uh it's your turn to pick a differential now ben who was on the show last time (laughs) we've been talking about harrison this was after he's just hauled ben was talking about before (laughs) so he picked harrison last so no pressure who is the best low owned five percent or under gem for the final two game weeks yeah i
0: mean that was such a good pick fair play um so I looked at a few different options here. Um first Alioski and Eiling for mm. Leeds, who respectively have an XGI last six oh sorry, for the season even. Four point seven three for Ailing and uh three point seven five for Alioski. I discounted Ailing because I think we'll play three at the back versus Southampton, which probably means ailing at centre back again, uh like like we've just done. I think Cooper probably stays on the bench this time. I thought he would start. He mm. didn't. I guess Bielsa's sticking for the first time. Strauch normally loses his place to Cooper, but sticking with what works. And especially for the back three, Strauch, Lorente, and Ailing is better. So Alioski will be left wing back. So it would be Alioski out of those two, but I think I can do better. There's the emotional pick of Aguero. You, know, you go for Aguero, see if he can't score some goals. But mm. we've got an injury doubt. Jesus maybe is a consideration there, but I think you can do better from Man City. Uh, speaking of which, Torres we just don't know about his minutes mm. obviously just got the hat-trick had great numbers appeared on your table yeah. so tempting Kulisic and Havertz are both there for you but I think Havertz is maybe a good one week pick over the two Leicester's one of them I don't know if he gets a full 19 so didn't go for him so I eventually settled on a player who I think in their own right can get us points please be Dwight Gale but- <laughs> oh my goodness can you imagine it is that team it is that team yeah but I so cool. I went for someone I think you can get good points on their, in their own right okay but it's really going to open up your funds as well elsewhere and as you've said that could be really important for this last week mm. so I don't like picking differentials just for the sake of it I want someone who can improve your team so if you pick Joe Willock you Are get you? a player who has 2.81 XGI in the last six possibly has the best fixtures left as the season ticket there they're top Sheffield United at home, Fulham away. They've got that home match again. You know, speaking about fans, right? Newcastle. Sheffield United and Fulham's defence is completely terrible. Uh, Fulham's is getting worse. Joe Willock, of course, took a penalty, although that's because, as you mentioned earlier, Johnson gave him one. So maybe can't quite rely on that, but he is scoring outside of that. My only real concern would be his minutes have been sporadic recently. There's 90, 76, but then 0, 26. Possibly he was being rotated. Hopefully, he's been brought into the team now i think in his own right he can get you especially goals maybe assists there but what he really does at 4.7 and a silly low ownership what is it it is 1.1 percent is he probably gives you what close to two million if you're losing jota or maybe lingard to spend elsewhere on your squad he could get you a trent alexander arnold yeah so while i am picking willock i'm really picking willock plus another player to make up those points together well
1: okay i'm I'm I might get him in <laughs> instead of... Because you've just pointed out... I um, might do it myself. <laughs> um, because if I get... If I got... Um, well, let's go. Let's get this this round off with our, our teams and stuff. Because there's links in with this. Because Willock is interesting for me. So <clears throat> so this is, this is my team for next week. Uh, much better than last week. I've got Pickford at home to Wolves. And then Shaw, uh, Phillips and Dallas. And then I've got Salah and Fernandes. Currently captain on Fernandes but Salah's also in the mix and Kane is too Son uh, Lingard Chris Wood so the mighty Chris Wood uh, Kane and Antonio I do fancy um, even though I don't like attack and defence matchups I do fancy Chris Wood to score um, maybe a consolation but I do fancy him to score against Liverpool um, I've got on the bench and Liverpool's defenses has yeah. been poor I've got Forster um, Jota who's obviously not playing Ward and Beltman. I could do nothing I think that's reasonable going with this and just thinking well you know Lingard might be back um or Chris Woods um but I think I am going to move Jota to um Harrison or Rafina, and that will give me enough money the following week to move Fernandez to Mane and possibly even Captain Mane but I'll probably Captain Salah because he's just brilliant and on penalties um but your differential, so this is the segue bit, um, of getting Willikin. if I got Willikin for Jota, that would enable me to upgrade Luke Shaw, who I also don't think is going to play in game week 38, to Alexander-Arnold. And that arguably, if it wasn't the final game week of the season, I would probably do that because I would probably prefer Alexander-Arnold long term. But if it's just one week, I might go just go for the attacking guy. Uh, the attacking guy in midfield, <laughs> rather than the attacking guy who's a as d- defender. Um, but yeah, I could do that. And get Alexander. Yeah, I mean, on.
0: even even if it's only psychological. Mm. Oh, sorry, sorry, mate. You like there? Right? I interrupted you. Um, just going to say, even if it's only psychological, um, Trent Alexander Arnold, like you say, for one week. Mm. While over a long period of time, his points potential is pretty it's... big. If you're watching the last match of the season, you need someone to do something. Liverpool concede in the first five minutes. I well suppose your weekend. And not only that, yeah. Trent's gotta go and get two it, attacking returns. It, I mean I'm I'm in the top
1: hundred thousand, I'd like to stay in the top hundred thousand. It's a sort of a defensive move. If I was in the top ten K, top five K, Alex and I didn't have Alexander Arnold, I'd get him in and just consolidate. But I wanna make sure yeah. I'm top hundred K and I want a, I want a differential and Mane is gonna be it rather than Alexander Arnold. So I think I I and also I think I prefer Harrison or Rafina to Willick I mean I like all three. I mean if I had a wild card now I'd probably have all three to be honest. They're all really good and you can you know bench one as your fifth midfielder. Um in terms of benching either Chris Wood or Lingard I think I'm going to I think I'm going to play Chris Wood and I think I'm going to put Lingard as my first sub and as we've seen really? at the moment we need the subs um so um yeah I'm going to I'm going to do that by gum.
0: Just just based on opposition, I would play Lingard. But then, you know, what, form versus, versus fixtures? We just showed I was forms not there. I think the fixture was attractive. You've got Antonio, but I shouldn't really change anything. Well, the, Interesting all, one. All
1: of those comparisons. You, you could,
0: like you said, you could hold.
1: I could hold as well and just go into but it, you could, two week 38 with two transfers. Once again, if it was longer, I would do that because I'd
0: be setting myself I guess, up. I guess the one thing to consider that with that is... Do you remember the last game week last year? Mm. Okay, we had early team news so we mm. got to, I had a free hit, I got very lucky, I got to build the perfect team in about 45 minutes. But even this year, what if Ollie comes out in his press conference and says, I am going to play the first team. You know, they need yeah. those minutes yeah, yeah. ahead of the final, I want them fresh. Or, or you know, I want them match mm. fit, whatever it is. That might change your Fernandez plans. I wonder, I don't know if it's the best option, mm. but having two transfers for the final week and maybe just a minus four for three yeah. could be very powerful if we get some oh. big news. I, I, yeah,
1: I mean, that, I mean, what I've got at the moment, so the, the bus team, therefore, if I got run over by a bus and I was lying in my hospital and all my bones were broken, I looked at this team through my bleary, um, shattered eyes, I would say, yeah, I'm happy with that. Although I'm in agony, but I'm happy with that team. Um, so yeah, I might even do that. So if I forgot about it, I wouldn't mind. And it's only, um, so yeah, we're. Uh, this is streaming on Monday nights, um, Tuesday, so I might even forget. Um, hopefully I won't get run over by a bus. Um, let's move on to your team Uh, do you you want (laughs) to run through who who you've got any transfer plans and also your captaincy
0: sure Uh, so I have Larissa N'Gole Alexander-Arnold, Shaw and Lucadine at the back, Salah is captain at the moment with Son, Rufina and Gundogan in midfield, I do have Jota in there as well but that's because I'm probably going to transfer him out so just to show that's a hole I would fill Uh, Kane vice captain up front with Patrick Bamford as well Forster, Watkins, Ailing, and Pereira—that's Lester's Pereira on the bench. So Pereira is probably staying there, even if he does get minutes. Yeah. It's Chelsea away; yeah. he's just going to stay at my team to the end of the season. I'm wasting my money, really, isn't he? Luke Ailing versus Southampton—good play. Heading against Burnley, don't know. Slightly less confident of a clean sheet away against Southampton. They could be very dangerous against us with the pressing. We'll see. Uh, I'm playing Bamford. I, I think he starts. Uh, Rodugo mm-hmm. comes off the bench and probably scores two goals yeah. again. But Bamford, you know, away from FPL, Bamford does a very important job for Leeds. Mm. Uh, Rodrigo could maybe start at 10 with uh, Click is now out for the season. He's gone on international duty early. So maybe, but I think it'll probably be Roberts. And Bamford, 60 minutes before Rodrigo can come in and run behind like he did this week, especially against a team like Southampton, I think we need Bamford to occupy their centre-backs. So what I'll probably be looking at doing, I think captain stays on Salah for me. I don't have Fernandes, for example. I'm either looking to get Greenwood for Jota, uh, Greenwood for Jota, for that Man United. It's not really coverage. I think Greenwood is a very good pick in his own right, as we covered earlier. Or uh, the other player I've talked about a lot tonight is I want Antonio and I don't have him. So Watkins Mm. to Antonio is a very nice swap. I keep Jota in the team. He goes on the bench. Antonio plays instead. Or then my final option, my differential Willock, I do Jota to Willock. Maybe I still do Watkins to Antonio and that gives me that money, which is, you know, my team is one of the reasons I was looking at Willock. Because he really does open some doors for that last week, I think. And he could get, you know, double haul himself if he's lucky.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's one of the, I mean, I guess it's a similar issue that I've got in, in that you're planning for game week 38, but at the same time, you've got to think of the game week that's ahead of you. And obviously making that move to someone like Willock now, he's got a great fixture um, and, and you've got Jota there. Um, and also you want Antonio <laughs> um, or you could leave it even, yeah. but, it's it, it's it's marrying up that game week 37 and getting game week 38 as well so so what i'm yeah i mean my my, my i've I started doing a bit more this season is think of the game week ahead of me um and i couldn't do it last week because of, it was just so low because of the uh the pre building for the previous double before that oh. so was i had to take my medicine there but this one, I, I think I can attack it a bit more with a Harrison or a Fina or Willock and then just see see what I can see what I can get. Uh, for the you could it. always
0: do Bamford to Antonio and Jota to Harrison just yeah, for yeah. just if for I that guess. sideways move that I'm not sure is the one. But yeah. what what would you do with that? You've got you've got Jota. You've got I think I've got about 0.5 in the bank. What would you What would you go and do with that? I would I would definitely remove
1: Jota Jota there because you've already got Pereira. You're not keen on who has got two poor fixtures, um, and uh, Gundogan, great player, but you did never know. And also, Brighton at yeah. home are tough. So, bright. But I mean, it was speculated. Seem I, I think it was Anna. who's on Twitter. She's really good to follow, by the way. Um, I'd retweet a lot of her stuff. She does a lot of kind of stat stuff, um, and prediction stuff. And the the feeling is that the Brighton game might bizarrely be a precursor for the Chelsea game because you're going up against a really tough defence. And so mm. the feeling is there could be a very strong t- team against Brighton. And less so in the final game week. In which case Gundogan will probably play. I would think. I mean it's hard to it's hard to pin your you know yeah. pin your hopes on a Man City player. What I would do, I just see a red flag there. I don't know what's gonna happen in game week thirty eight. My instinct is to remove Jota. and I think your idea of Willock is a good one because Willock's better than a non-playing Jota is better than Watkins I I would probably do that I would do I would do that because that gives you more flexibility but I think Watkins to Antonio is good I think that's a really good move yeah. and then just bench Jota and then do what you like with him next time but I, yeah. I, I think the the Willock sounds really it would give you a lot of more money I think
0: um, it's it's it, it's it's attractive. Um, and you mentioned Gundogan as well. I think Gundogan's kind of a holdover from previous teams. If I picked a team now, yeah. I wouldn't have him. But I, I'm not going to waste too much trying to get rid of him. No. I might, you know, I could even bench him if I didn't fancy him. No,
1: for for fair, this game, if, say he doesn't play, doesn't start, and doesn't, doesn't get any minutes. You got Ailing off the bench against Southampton, so that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think that if there's another one of your players that doesn't turn up. Um, Bamford for example for some reason or Luke Dean I don't know I mean, these are players that are nailed on but there might be an issue that we don't know about we didn't know about Jota being out for the season like this time that's a good week. point. so you might need someone other than Watkins so that's why I just think Jota to Willock or Watkins to Antonio I don't think you'd go wrong with either of those but I, I can't think of anything else really
0: I wouldn't hate holding Watkins like I said I'd rather have Antonio but I don't think his chances of getting a return against yeah. Tottenham are zero especially if Grealish does yeah. come back in I mean, we've seen Watkins being the creator, so I, I don't hate having him. No. But yeah, I, I think I'll I'll do something to try and just strengthen the eleven. I think for this week.
1: Yeah, um, and and neither of us have got Greenwoods and and I've I've not I'm not going for Greenwood, yeah. even though I think Fulham is a great home fixture. I just don't think I don't know whether he's going to start both, and I don't know what sort of team's going to turn up against Wolves, and I don't know how Wolves are going to be against whatever team manchester united put out for them
0: i guess if i did do jota to greenwood though and anyone else in a similar position to me i would then have say west brom for luke ayling in the last week so i could if i needed bench Greenwood. i mean maybe hope he doesn't get five minutes i could bench him start him expect him to not get any points there could be a decent one week punt in there i think realistically it's players i want to greenwood one week uh could even captain him but i'll do Salah, uh willa can and Tonya were probably the people on my list that I'm really thinking about
1: yeah definitely so uh, hopefully we've given lots of people some thoughts I, I think um <laughs> with um our teams I think uh, things that we're thinking about particularly Jota replacements and captaincy I think I, I think a lot of those a lot of other people listening and watching will be going through like who do you place Jota with you've got all these options here and I, I don't think you're going to really go terribly wrong with any of them really so I could see myself with Harrison but if I don't and I think other people will go through that as well. They think, well, oh, you know, oh, I'll slum it with Rafina, who's great. Or slum it with Willock, um, who's great. Um, who knows? Gaming 38 might see Dwight Gale there um, somewhere. Um, just before we go, just wanted to say uh, a lot of the stuff we've been there is on the members area. There's all Opta driven stats there. So tons of that there. Um, if you have liked this episode, um, do press like. Um, we've, had, we've had over 700 people watching. But only 80, only eighty likes. So press the like button. Don't don't smash it. Just gently press it and give us give us a little like. Um, maybe, and- maybe
0: it's the guest that makes us do. <laughs> maybe it is. Uh,
1: oh, <laughs> someone just 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 then just that second there. Someone pressed like. So well done, whoever did that.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and um, but also do remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and also wherever you receive your podcasts. Uh, but in the meantime, it's a goodbye from me. And
0: it's a goodbye from me. And back over to you, I guess. <laughs> and then back
1: over to me again. And uh, goodbye
0: all.